For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And it's our 50th episode. Yay! And um, we thought it'd be good to start off the show by giving our new listeners some background on our show and who we are. And it'll be a little bit of a refresher for our regular listeners. And of course, we thank all of our listeners for tuning in. That's right. And yes, thank you so much. Uh, You all have made uh, the last two years much more bearable for us. Uh, Let's just say that. Um, So a little background on us. Uh, We've both been Leaf fans going back to the late 70s, early 80s, since we were wee little girls. Uh, Chris and I met through work about 30 years ago, and we connected immediately because obviously we both have this passion for the Leafs and their history. Um, Just a couple of my favorite players going back are uh, Mike Palmatier. I used to love him when I was growing up, and Doug Gilmore. And uh, my favorite player on our current roster is Austin Matthews. And I don't think there will be too many people who would say that's a bad choice. So that's for sure. Yes, AM34 has a lot of fans out there, including mm-hmm. what he did yesterday for me. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, uh, And we're recording this on Monday, just so for our listeners know. But when I'm referring to yesterday, it's the Heritage Classic. But uh, my favorite players are uh, Rick Vive, was my first favorite player, and then Wendell Clark, uh, going into, into the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and for my current uh, team favorite player... Mitch Marner with Michael Bunting, definitely a close second from Scarborough, me being from Scarborough as well. And um, yeah, so in 2019, we decided to launch Ladies Talking Leafs. We th- we thought at the t- uh, for quite a while, actually, that there really isn't any female representation when it comes to a voice for the female Leaf fan. So we started the show uh, with one show a month, and now we have two shows a month, uh, the first Wednesday of the month and then two weeks into the month, uh, also on a Wednesday. So you can find us on your favorite app, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also on Facebook um, Podcasts and YouTube. After listening to our show, uh, we would appreciate it if you could leave us a review and a rating. Uh, Both Apple and Spotify have a listener option to leave a rating or a review, and it's really important to us uh, because we want to hear your thoughts on the show, and it'll also give us exposure as a source for Leaf content. We also launched launched our new website this year, ladiestalkinleafs.com, so you can also check that out too. Um, We have videos there when we were on uh, guests on Hockey time machine and you can find out more about us and the show and we'll be updating uh, the website with new content uh, more and more as we get into it 
Yeah. So the first thing we're going to be updating with is uh, we're going to be doing some book reviews related to the Leafs. And um, we could change it up with reviews on other books that are related to hockey. So look for this on our website later this week. So we're definitely going to be adding more and more content there. And uh, I think uh, the book reviews uh, will be an interesting ad for, um, for you guys to check out. Yeah. The first, so for a hint for our listeners, the first book report is one of my favorite players. So you have a choice of right. Five or Wendell Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, it's always good to, to uh, get a snapshot of, of a book in case you're interested in maybe reading it, or if you have a friend who's a fan and you think that they might like it also. Uh, so now it's time to get into the show. Um, let's just say it's been an interesting couple of weeks for the the Leafs and us fans. So as usual, we're going to start with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Then we're going to roll our Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we're going to get into the upcoming trade deadline and what we want and hope the Leafs do on March 21st. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Bad and the ugly. Focus on, try not to focus on the ugly too much. Anyhow, we're starting <laughs> off, we're starting off with the good. Um, I, I actually was thinking about this and uh, for quite a while thinking, okay, probably the only player we haven't highlighted this season so far, and he has done a really good job, he's come out of advertised, is David Kempf. So, um, one of Dubas's good signings from last summer, uh, the other one being my, Michael Bunting. Um, and yeah, two years at 1.5 million. Gotta love that. I never heard of him before we picked him up in, in the summer. It was, which I thought was kind of hilarious that you never heard of this name, David Camp at all. But, um, yeah, he's very defensive responsible. Um, I looked up some stats on him, the um, NHL possession metrics on him from uh, hockeyreference.com. 85% of the time he's starting in the D zone. So that's mm-hmm. he, his, um, like, he's basically solidified like a third line checking line for Keefe, which he's always, Sheldon Keefe has always been trying to get since, uh, since he's been the ho- head coach of the Leafs and um, him with... It seems it's Kampf, Engvall, and uh, Mikheyev that's been uh, the third line checking line against the top uh, line of the other teams. Um, he's done well on on the well. He's like a D zone specialist uh, on the draws on the faceoff, and um, yeah, he's got. It's funny when he came to the Leafs, they're like saying like, "Oh, the guy only." I think he only had like one goal last season with Chicago, um, but. And Keith said that he could do more and he's got eight goals and 13 assists. So he's done pretty good that way as well. But um, he averages 14 minutes uh, of ice time per game. He's a PK specialist. Um, most of the time I've seen him with, uh, with Mitch, with Marner. And um, yeah, I just think that he's, uh, again, he's not a flashing guy. Uh, not flashing, flashy guy. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I think I give him the thumbs up for this past couple of weeks. He just uh, has 
has done his job and he's done it well. Yeah, and I have to definitely agree with you there. Um, having those uh, defensive zone face-offs, I mean, considering you know, what our overall team defense has been like this year is huge. And the other thing is, is that they tend to drive play to the other end of the ice. And then they, then our offense can take over up there, which, you know, is, is been a huge, huge factor for us. And, you know, the ability for our team to, to score, which, you know, as we've seen over the last while is, is really, really important because if it wasn't for that, like, I don't know how we would have even carrying on right now. So, so yeah, David Camp has been an amazing ad. Um, just a question. I thought, I thought I heard Elliot Friedman talking. Did he get hurt yesterday? No, not that I heard of. No, I thought I, that I heard that he did, but anyways, really? I hope that's not the case. Hopefully um, not. That's the last thing we'd need right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my um, God. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a quick uh, thing that I heard just before we came on here. So Hopefully he's all right, because yeah, okay. Lord knows we cannot handle another injury, yeah. uh, especially not one that involves our team defense. I know, I, I know, um, uh, Justin Hall, whatever, he got some, the nose bloodied yeah, up, yeah, I don't know what happened, happened to him. Yeah, early but, on. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, anyway, that's it. So my good yeah. is Austin Matthews, and not just because he's my favorite player, no, no, it's also, <laughs> it's because... You know, I, obviously, I'm not going to be going into stats and everything here because we all know his stats. But what I've seen from him lately is is the way he's showing leadership on the ice. Um, I just I love the 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 game against um, Arizona where he got hooked and he really gave it to the refs. Like we have generally, we have not seen that with him. That you know, any talk back. Like if you look at other you know superstars in the league. I'm not sure McDavid chirps the refs that much, but like Sidney Crosby always has. Wayne Gretzky, like we used to call him Weiner Wayne pretty much. And uh, Mary Lemieux, all of these guys, you know, took leadership in, in, in talking to the refs and pointing out when they didn't think the calls were, were right. Um, yeah. And, uh, and even, you know, getting more physical and just the way he is on the ice, his demeanor. After he scores goals, he's just showing himself to be a real team leader. And I, I, I can see him being a captain in our future. I don't know. It could even be happen before Tavares, you know, leaves. Um, yeah, but that was a that was a discussion last week on the fan. Uh, they had that about yeah. maybe it'll be like a San Jose situation, whether or well, not, you like, know, like a hand but, like handed off to somebody yeah, who's, yeah. who's younger who's going to be with the team, and and yeah, yeah like, I think that he is definitely showing signs that he is ready to take that mantle, and um, yeah, oh, I can't sure. wait I, to uh, see it, and I wonder if that's a carrot that can be dangled to get him to to stay in sign. You know, yeah, yeah. No, I for sure. One thing that I, I, I couldn't find the quote again, but basically, one thing that was on that road that you're speaking of, showing the leadership and the and the captaincy, possibly, um, was it was last week sometime. He basically said in through the media, he's like, we we got to start playing against these lower. He didn't say lower teams, but the non playoff teams. We got to start showing a little bit more um, grit or start like 
playing the way we can against these teams and basically saying like, we should be blowing them out. And that to me, saying that out to the media is something different than just saying it within the room. And oh, totally. I, yeah. And when I heard that quote, again, it was in a better way that he did it, that definitely showed the leadership to me. And I said, yes, that's what we want to hear. And, and yes, that's more like captain-like uh, material there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy he's coming out and saying those things uh, to the media too. And um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that uh, eventually he, he, this is his team anyways, really. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is it's his team and um, not just be, well, because he is obviously the uh, leading scorer in the league now on having 45 goals and that, but, um, and just his old demeanor, like you said, and, uh, and he wants to win. You can see it there. Um, and he loves, oh, the yeah. big, he loves the big moments and he wants to be a difference maker every night. And he, he is for us. That's why he's our MVP. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> and he, do you think, um, do you think that it, like with the whole potential captaincy thing, do you think they would, could do it sooner than later? Like, depending on what happens this year. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't is know. Is it still too soon? Yeah, still too soon. We have to wait to the end of the year and <laughs> see what happens. Well, uh, no, I mean, obviously it's not going to be in the middle of this year. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But I mean, for next season, I just I just wonder, like, how soon they would, you know, pull the trigger on something like that. Anyway, it will be interesting to yeah, see. It's a very touchy, kind of difficult situation there. But um, yeah, that's true for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hometown it's a, it's a, boy and everything notwithstanding. Yeah. It's another show. <laughs> we can talk about that too. Another but topic yeah. for another time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right. let's move on to the bad then. So what's your right. bad, Chris? So my bad is no killer instinct. It's kind of leading into the ugly actually. But um, yeah, there's no, to me, I mean, other than Austin Matthews, there's no it factor in on this team right now. They have not, as a group, they haven't got that killer instinct built yet. And I mean, I looked up uh, Brendan Shanahan's um, after the playoff loss and their season ending um, media availability. I looked up Shanahan's uh, quote here and he says, I'm just going to read it. He just said, there's a killer instinct that is missing that we need to address, whether that's externally or just figuring out a way for our guys to get over that hump. That's something we have to address, certainly as a team. And we have to really be honest with ourselves and we have to figure out a way that we can support the players and get them over that hump. And then Keith, Sheldon Keith, after that says, there's an identity piece that goes with the killer instinct. And that's something that can be cultivated throughout the season. I thought we had done that for last season mm -hmm. and done a good job of that in taking control of moments. And um, yeah, and, and that's all he said there. But throughout the season was the key there. I thought to myself, well, you know, we're almost at the end of the season now, the following season. And have we built anything Still, I don't like as a group for Killer Instinct. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe a little bit at times during the season, um, but I just don't, I don't see that we have it. And it's almost like, especially because to me, the Killer Instinct these past two weeks, we would have won all these games against, um, against these non-playoff or close to non-playoff teams. Um, and we didn't all the, perf which leads me into the ugly, but I'm not going to get into that yet. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just don't. I just don't think that the when it comes to the coaching to get this killer instinct. Um, uh, I just. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, whether it be on the ice, off the ice, I don't know how they're going to get these players to, I mean, what more motivation do they need? Um, like, I don't think well, now they're not going to get into the, for, I mean, it's still close, but they're not going to get this goal of first place in the division. Yeah, it's that's uh, that's going by the wayside pretty yeah. quickly right now. Uh, yeah. I know, I guess, you know, it is sort of the dog days of the season right now. They don't have any excuses anymore, though. Like, you know, before they had the break, they had the COVID, they had all of these things. Uh, They don't have those excuses anymore. Um, But yeah, like the only thing I'm hanging on to is that, okay, now's not the time when we want to be peaking. Uh, But, you know, if they don't turn this around pretty quickly, um, yeah, they're they're going to be... um, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. You know, it's like I look at, for example, a team like Boston, who's basically been kind of hanging around that wild card for the longest time. And now they're turning it on, you know. So, yeah, I think it's it's time that they kind of turn a corner there. Um, But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I I'm still I... hopeful being the optimist that I am on this on on this show <laughs> yeah. that they will yeah, get all, it together well, when it we counts. We always have hope. We always have hope because yeah. we're Leaf fans, yeah. right? We we yeah. love the team and we just want but they I don't know, it's it's frustrating obviously and I'm sure and I think within the room too like players certain players are frustrated as well. Well, um, and but, I guess that brings me to my bad. Yeah. Uh which is Again, and it's Austin Matthews related, but it's it's basically how he just does not get the calls. He is languishing towards the bottom of the league for uh, penalties drawn. And then you've got Connor McDavid, who's basically at the top. And he is every bit the same superstar. And how is it that this guy can basically get, you know, beaten and hooked and grabbed. And like, for example, in that Arizona game and right in front of the referee and they don't call it. Like, I know he's a big guy and he's strong, uh, but, you know, I think that he's starting to get frustrated too, because I know these guys, they say they don't listen to the media, but he knows because it's been out there and it's a topic of discussion that he is just, he just doesn't get, get, calls and he doesn't draw as many penalties as a player of his caliber probably should right. and so i wonder in, if that's i'm part gonna of the cut into why- you because there's breaking news this is the first time that this has happened on our podcast oh my goodness <laughs> matthews has been suspended for two games for that wow. cross check okay, okay so i'm just so gonna continue. say well that that <laughs> <laughs> that leads into what I was just going to say that that's probably where that frustration boils over because uh, Darlene was basically he was cross checking him all over the place. Yeah. Right. And he got frustrated and he got his hands up a little bit higher than he should have. But he this is what happens when the refs don't call stuff, you know, players decide to take it 
you know, on themselves to to rectify the situation. And we all know that the retaliatory penalty usually is the one that gets gets called and is the one that's going to be the most egregious. And that's what happened. And yeah, no, I think that is funny, you know, the, the breaking news that you mentioned that, you know, since it happened, I was I took note of how quickly everybody jumped on the, the fact that he should be suspended. Oh yeah. Now I just That's why wonder... I tweeted I tweeted out to um on on our Twitter account I tweeted out saying, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a 10 game suspension because he's a leaf." <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. And but I just I don't recall other stars who've done stuff because hello, they all have that they are, you know, they're apologists for everyone else, but because it's a leaf, it's like they it's you know what oh, it is? Sure. It's it's like the media and everything is like the hockey dad who coaches his son who doesn't want to look like they're playing favorites. So then they go all totally the other way no, and, and, you look, are, I mean, and jump all over it more. I guess there's another example. Like, I mean, there's so many examples that have gone on Twitter that I've seen replays on. But I mean, you look at, I guess, Max Pacioretty uh, mm-hmm. of the Knights. He basically punched Chris Letang in the back of the head. Like, and it was mm-hmm. like, it was, this was last week sometime in a game. and. It, the guy clear like Latang clearly couldn't see this punch coming, but he didn't get nothing for that. Punching him in the head, it's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. But I guess for Austin Matthews, I guess um, he can take a couple of. He took one cross check. I know that. Like you said, it's the referee not taking control mm-hmm. of the situation. I mean, there's only so much a person can take. And then yeah. I do, I do believe that like Matthews was trying to get the guy's shoulder, and obviously mm-hmm. it went it went to the neck or head area. Yeah. Um, I mean, you Although, never want that, but no. And everyone's saying that it, it was a direct hit, but to me, it didn't look totally direct, but no, it wasn't a total slide up the arm kind of situation either. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be suspended for that, but, you know, I've just never seen this kind of scolding <laughs> that happens, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for any other team. So, and even yeah. the going back to that Arizona game where there was the non call on the overtime winning goal where there's clearly interference um uh chikrin i guess did on on matthews and then like even before that in like i guess even like a second before that like matthews could have just dropped his stick too and and chikrin would have been holding his stick basically Mm -hmm. like if if matthews would have just let go of it and like i mean the evidence would have been there but you just i don't know you just wonder what these referees are are like now they have four back in the day, like we used to have the one referee. I think they were doing a better job personally when it was one referee. <laughs> yeah. Now we have too many of them and it's worse. Um, yeah. And they're like staring right at somebody getting a cross check or um, like boarding, whatever. It, it it just it's ridiculous. I don't know. Anyways. Well, we yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, people are starting to speak out like it like last week. Uh, they spoke out in Colorado as well. Um, so, you know, some of the stars are starting to say something and I, I think they should, I think that's a good yeah. thing. So anyways. do you think two games is, uh, I was thinking well, you could only get a game, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that if he was not a leaf, it would have yes. been one, one game. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, then I started looking back to the whole Spezza thing earlier mm-hmm. in the season where he got yeah, six which, games. That was also ridiculous. That was ridiculous. And then I thought to myself, well, if it was that ridiculous for Jason Spezza, then he's like, 
uh, Matthews is probably going to at least get a couple. It's not just going to be a fine or anything like that. Um, no. But because uh, they're always and the fact that it was a big event and everybody was watching, you know, and I think yeah, that has 100% I thought, f- yeah. for the league. Um, but this player safety, I don't know. Anyways, we'll move on to the ugly. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, the ugly was every game played in the last two weeks. Um, I don't really want to get in. I've written down all the scores here, but I'm not going to go through them. I just think it was horrendous. Uh, the fact that like, I mean, in the Vancouver game, we lost six to four. We were leading into the third period. We give up the lead. And against the Columbus Blue Jackets, we end up like we're blowing leads basically again. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a three nothing lead in that one, which was big. We end up winning five four. But I mean, we had the lead. It shouldn't it shouldn't be that hard. All these uh, teams are non playoff teams. Um, Seattle, again, we had the lead. Uh and we ended up winning, but we blew the lead. And then, uh, of course, there's this Heritage Classic game um, that we played yesterday against the Sabres. And um, one thing I will say about the Heritage Classic, I did like the players' intro with their coveralls on. And uh, oh, yeah. I thought that was, I thought kind that of was really cool. On a, on a positive in the ugly segment here. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> all the stuff that the players did beforehand um, and and just the entry entrance and that. And I like Marner now has this agreement with Oakley sunglasses. So he was, mm-hmm. uh, he him and a lot of the, like I think it was Kerfoot that had, uh, they were showing off some of the different uh, sunglass looks, which were kind of cool. But yeah. I and just, I, I actually liked uh, Shani and Dubas's little matchy yeah. uh, outfits also. They looked very sharp. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't look happy. Yeah. <laughs> they were well-dressed. No, unhappy that's men. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They were very straight-faced. And I mean, in the last six games, six straight games, they've allowed four plus goals, which is kind of leading into what you wanted to talk about. about. That's right. I mean, it's... Okay, uh, um, okay. so yeah. obviously the goaltending has been ugly for a while. Yeah. Uh, that's basically no shock. I'm I'm not breaking any any news by saying that. Yeah. Um, but one of the, I just think that, you know, it's one of those situations where if you keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, that's the, the definition of insanity. So it's no wonder we're all so insane about this. Um, but I'm I'm looking at the coaching now, you know. One thing I was thinking of is that, you know, uh, Freddie, if we're going back to him, you know, was so steady for us for a long time. Then Steve Briere comes in and things are not as steady after that. And I'm kind of wondering if he has you know, some responsibility to take in this matter. Because if you look at, at Freddie now, he's doing quite well and has gotten his game back. Um, I think that, you know, Keith said something about, you know, when they're talking about Morazic about, you know, they have to support him to help him get his game back. And that's a big part of the coach's job. With that also is is the coaching of the defense because the collapsing that, and I don't know if it's that the players, if they are trying to coach them properly, but the players just don't trust the goalies right now, in particular Morazic. So they're doing crazy things like collapsing in front and, and, you know, not taking the right man and not getting, you know, 
taking the body yeah. the and trying team to get defense their sticks in, but good. it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like at some point, you know, they, the coaching staff has to support these players better. And if you've got a struggling goaltender, what are they doing to help him get his game back? Yeah, because it's been more than long enough now that they've had time to try and get his game back since coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's he came back in 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 January, and um, yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I I really don't know with this goaltending situation um, what's going to come of it. We're uh, we're in tough with the obviously the salary cap, and this is really. I was listening, I think it was on the fan and Elliot Friedman, like like you mentioned earlier, but um, I think it, it's really put a, um, a wrench in, in a situation that Kyle Dubas didn't think that he'd have a problem um, in the yeah. goaltending. And um, I don't know, but then... Like Morazic, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the move to begin with. We've said it before. Yeah, I've I said remember it before. That. I was thinking but, about that before we came on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't a fan in the summertime when that happened, and uh, and but still, I think now, like, he's not as bad as, and I don't even think he's. I don't even think like the pressure that comes with being a goalie for the Leafs. Like Freddie was great with that to me. Mm-hmm. He was the type, he had that demeanor that he could handle it and nice and quiet and and steady Dane there <laughs> as he is. Um, and he just did his job as good as he as he could and he did it well in my in in my opinion anyways. But this guy I don't think he's realized how much and now with Campbell being out uh, um, like it's even more pressure on him and and the fans getting on him doesn't help that, I don't think, too, no. uh, on top of it all. But I mean, although, I mean, we have seen fans get on goalies way worse than oh, either yeah. of these guys have had. So, yeah. like, let's just say that that they, yeah. they, they're no, not he, getting beat up as much as some people would like to think. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, for sure. I mean, there, but I mean, what are you going to like? What are you going to like as a team? The only way to get a, around it, really, although that goal yesterday this the one that was an odd angle goal mm-hmm. the the which ended up being the game winning one for the sabers was awful um yeah. but the only way to get around it is to rally around the guy and play better team defense at least at least try to and and keep yeah. these leads like three nothing <laughs> i mean come on like i mean there has yeah. not all of them are uh, like uh, the goalies um issue like to say that they i mean a lot of them were but not all of them are so well the the other thing that i thought of too a little bit is that it it takes a special kind of goaltender to play in front of a team that plays this style of play i mean you basically need vasilevsky you know and we don't have that yeah so it's a it's a question of the goaltending not matching the the type of team we have also i think there's a point there as well but where like there's no way we're going to pick up something like that at the mm. deadline you know like no. that is something that needs to be developed from within and we just not have not been able to develop a goaltender yeah. and that's a real big issue and that's something that goes back from before dubis taking over you know this is yeah. like something that that should have already been in in the 
you know, works because it takes time for goaltenders to yeah. develop. And a couple so, of them that, I mean, considering the position he was put in, that Eric Schaldron, the, yeah. the Swedish uh, player, he, a goaltender, he uh, he played pretty well uh, the other and night. I, and I, I, I think he's going to get the next start too versus Dallas. Yeah, well, it should be interesting. But and, I actually remember watching him in the preseason thinking that he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I, I do re- recall that I thought that he looked decent and I yeah. thought he, he could be given a shot, but... We'll yeah. see what happens, I guess. But yeah. All right. So anyhow, enough with the negativity for now. Uh, we're going to move on to the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. Let's roll it. All right. So we do have some good things that happened over this uh, little uh, stretch of games. Uh, in the number three spot, we have Nick Robertson. He scored his first NHL goal versus the Canucks and showed his speed on a two-on-one with Nylander. He took the pass and ripped it past goalie Thatcher Demko. Uh, he definitely was a spark plug on that line. I thought, and he definitely looks like he belongs in the NHL. So I was actually a little surprised that he was scratched up from the game yesterday. I'm I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe because of experience, not playing too many outdoor situations or what, I don't know. But, well, um, I guess they wanted Spezza in there, right? So somebody yeah. had to come out and so right. it's a difficult uh, situation. Like Dermot didn't play either, which, I mean, to mm-hmm. me, it should have been... Uh, Lilligren that sat, but anyways, because I don't like the way Lilligren's been playing. It's uh, anyways. We're going to talk about Nick Robertson a little bit because it was his first career goal, and um, in the NHL, uh, he did score in the playoffs uh, in the bubble a couple of years ago versus Columbus. But this is his first regular season career goal, and yeah, I hope he gets. But I think he'll get back in there for uh, the game versus Dallas to play against his brother. So no, that, that should be interesting. That'll His be brother's fun. been lighting it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy two, cow. two games in a row with a hat trick? That's unbelievable, I know. right? Maybe he can, uh, tomorrow night he can lay off of it a bit. Nick can ask him to take it easy and uh, let <laughs> let Nick score some goals on it. But yeah, it's great for the for the kid. And you can see the excitement that he has mm-hmm. and the energy he brings um, on on that line. And uh, it's definitely, he needs to play further up in the lineup. Uh, like he for was sure. on the yeah. fourth line for a bit. He's and, wasted down there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So number two, we have uh, in our ladies talking leaves highlight reel is Wayne Simmons thousand games celebration. That was a very special night before the game versus Seattle uh, coming from Scarborough. And from what his dad said in an interview, they, uh, they supported Wayne, but it was all Wayne doing the work and pushing himself to be the best and make the NHL. But um, yeah, I just thought it was great to have his family there and the, and the video that they did for him and the, and the silver stick. And then the, the, one of the best parts I liked was when the, I guess uh, Kyle Dubas from the team, they presented the, Wayne Simmons, like the two kids with the two little mini sticks. Little, I know. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. And they're, they're, they're daughters too, you know, and they, they gave them, the, gave them the stick. That's, it actually said so much, you know, in yeah. that gesture, you know, that the Leafs, you know, Montreal's always been the class, you know, the standard when it comes to celebrations and stuff. I thought the Leafs did a really, really good job with this one. Um, and I, I loved that moment. I thought that was so sweet. And the other thing that I loved is how they, they talked to teammates from other teams that he was on. And, 
uh, they sent him messages that they posted yeah. with that with that video, and I really, really thought that was a nice touch also. And I loved too, but I, one thing I loved and didn't love, I loved those t-shirts that the team came up with the players. Yeah. Um, the, I didn't love that they didn't give us exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they should have, because the Raptors give t-shirts exactly. to everybody for every little thing. Like, how come they can't give us a t-shirt? Jeez. To say that anyway. it's like we were there on that night for his thousand games mm-hmm. celebration, like... I don't know. I don't know how they don't think of these things. The marketing team there at MLSE anyways. Uh, Who's number one? All right. Well, number one is uh, no question. Austin Matthews uh, versus Columbus scoring his 40th goal of the season on a wraparound and getting a pass goal goalie Elvis Merzlikens. He ties Daryl Sittler with his fourth 40 goal season in franchise history. And of course, since then, he's potted another five. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, no short order. He should be at the the 50 goal mark. Well, you know, I guess a couple players might catch up to him a little bit now over the next two games. Um, but honorable mention to Matthew's attempt at the Michigan versus the Canucks and Thatcher Demko as well, because uh, we thought that was a really good try. Yeah, yeah, that he almost got it in there. Almost got it. Yeah. Yeah, but this guy is just amazing. Um, I mean, the fans really need to appreciate what we're seeing here. Uh, it's been a long time that to have a superstar like this on the Toronto Maple Leafs, like it's 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 just insane what what he's doing, and um, we really need to take it all in. Uh, I hope a lot of the listeners out there are able to actually see him live too, because um, it's it's just amazing when he's on the ice like what he does and uh yeah we sit normally our seats are a little bit farther up so (laughs) we're witnessing his greatness from farther away can't imagine what it is like uh down closer to the ice actually speaking of that well we we can we can because we (laughs) we have witnessed that when we're on some of our road trips when we actually get to sit closer yes yeah we had our one wonderful moment there in in vegas that was great Um, but one person actually gord stelic mentioned on the fan after the game yesterday he said that there was some suggestion that if the platinum seat people don't get to their seats by the end of the first period it should be mlsc should make a rule to say that people from the upper bowl get to go and sit down there (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> if that happened they definitely would get back to their seats quicker exactly darn sure yeah because it looks horrible with all those empty seats uh, again going back to that uh, usual thing but yeah so uh yeah no he's yeah. definitely worthy of number one for sure for sure yeah he's definitely having a great season and for us there is no doubt he is going to get 50 as we just said and possibly beat uh, Rick Vives' franchise record for goals also. Uh, Anyway, we could go on and on about AM34 and his greatness, but we've got to get into the trade deadline uh, discussion and our segment, The Third Period. Yeah, so it's going to be lots of fun. Uh, Not quite what we're expecting to be maybe looking for a goalie. But um, anyways, I have to admit, first of all, on trade deadline day, I always take the day off work, hoping for something big to happen. and normally it hasn't happened in the last few years, but uh, we've been pretty quiet when it comes to the trade deadline because uh, on our show, uh, because things are always changing. So we've kind of, uh, it's a week away now. Um, so we've kind of left it to this, uh, to this episode of the show. And um, a month ago, if you would have said that the Leafs need to look to, for a goalie, I would have not believed it. And I really, I still don't. So, but what do you think, Sel, the Leafs need to address the most at this deadline? 
What's your well, number I one think, thing? Oh, definitely number one beyond a doubt is still D for sure. We need somebody more experienced um, that can, you know, basically move people from in front of the net, you know, without, you know, causing any damage, but strongly (laughs) net front presence. Uh, Because right now, the guys that they have doing it are, are all they're doing is screening the goalies, which make their job a lot harder. And they're not actually, you know, Screening and putting pucks into the net for them, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Because they're not in the right position. Yeah. So there's all these basically, you know, tipped in things that are going off of our people. It's it's not a good look. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely defense is is huge. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, we harped on Jake Muzzin all season long about how bad he's been playing this year, which he has not been great. But... It's a huge hole. Yeah. Like that's that's how bad things that, are. That really says it all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The fact that you notice him this much now for how long he's been out uh, a mm-hmm. few weeks and mi- they're they're really missing him regardless if he was at only 50%. Yeah. He made a difference and yeah, I have to agree. I mean, a lot of uh, my choice was D as well. Um and even though we did get Labushkin, um, which mm-hmm. is... No, and he's been good. Yeah, yeah. But we need somebody else that can play top four because unfortunately for me, Lilligren and Justin Hall don't cut it. Um, no. Definitely not Lilligren playing with Riley. It's just not working. Some I, I was a, a guest on, or we were a guest on the show for um, a Leaf Talk uh, with Mike and Buffalo uh uh, if the listeners out there know him, Mike Ajello, I think is the last name. I got to get this right. Anyhow, he um, on the show, somebody came on and said that uh, the um, the Riley is the one that's really causing the defensive issue, and I'm like. No, I'm like, right. I'm like, if you look at Lilligren, like he needs to adjust to the way, like they need to have more communication, better communication between the two. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's Mike, Mike Agello, uh is his last name uh, that I was on the, on the show on the a leaf talk after the game versus Arizona. But um, yeah, that was on Twitter spaces. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, we just talked about that pairing and it's just um I don't know they got to find they got to find somebody for I mean this is Lilligren's first full season too to be up on the top pairing with Riley well is, yeah is a little bit too much uh in my opinion. I, I agree and in this it's it's I'm not, I wouldn't say that it could never work but it's it's not a band-aid solution that you should expect to work with a really inexpe- inexperienced defenseman and try to mesh their styles. You know, um, it's it's this is like an an off season training camp uh, type of move. Yeah, that that shows how desperate Keith is. Yeah, you yeah. know, if that's what he's going to, obviously he doesn't feel like he has many options. Yeah. and they've tried him up and down. So, oh yeah, no, and, yeah, and then Justin Hall with. I mean, they've been okay with. Um with uh Brody there but I yeah. still think and and actually that's the reason why Lilligren is is playing up with Riley. Yes, yeah. yeah. Because Justin Hall is, you know, 
much more experienced. He's not a young guy anymore, and he still needs to be shielded with a player that is is much more uh, defensively capable. Right. So from all this discussion that we just said, it just shows that we need D. We need a defenseman at this trade deadline. Um, 100%. That is... Uh, that's that can do as you said uh in front of the net clearing it um in a good way and making sh- and blocking shots too would help so um mm-hmm. i know other report obviously everybody else has been talking about goaltending which i think is i mean the possibilities there i just don't think with the salary cap and being a flat cap i don't think i don't think we can um and we don't want to give up uh any of our um good prospects, young prospects, like, and, and there's no guarantee that that goaltender is going to come in here and just be fantastic for us. Right. Um, so I just think we got to go with what we have, uh, play even that, uh, Joseph wall played well in those few games. He's come back mm-hmm. from injury now, um, in the few games he had, uh, with us earlier in the season. So if Shalgren plays okay, like that's good. Give him a few games, p- bring up Joseph wall for a few games in between, hopefully, Mrazek will get his confidence back. And, uh, and But the team needs to come together and play better defense in front as well. So what do we got for... Um, and as a, for a forward, I don't think... I mean, some people are saying that we need more offense, but I don't... Well, and I have actually heard that they all also... One of the areas that they could look to bolster is the fourth line. Um, yeah. Strengthening that a little bit. Yeah. You know, potentially, but that would be uh, like more of a, a fringe type move. Yeah. Um, if they did that, um, yeah. but as far what, as looking at goalies, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it is is definitely a need, but the question with that is, uh, you know, who are you going to get that's going to be any better than what we already have? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, the two names that I have here that I've heard recently are this Anton Forsberg in uh, mm-hmm. Ottawa. Again, and he's got a salary of 900K because, again, we have to look at the salary cap and as to who's coming in, who's coming out. Um, he's 29 years old, I got here, He's a, but he's a UFA. And Dubas has said he has no interest in, um, like, trading for a rental. Mm-hmm. Like, to trade, and especially, like, to trade his number one pick specifically, too. Not that these right. goalies would be number one picks because that would not be the case but um Mm -hmm. he doesn't want a rental for his this year's number one pick so well except that might have been before things have gotten even worse so he might be pushed to the to the fact that he might have to yeah the other uh, guy that he doesn't really want to do yeah the other guy which he basically stoned us in arizona when we played down there was uh becoming the next uh mark andre fleury is uh carl vimelka (laughs) who played uh who beat us when and again he's 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 a czech goalie 25 years old again 900k uh i've as a salary he's a restricted free agent um and and then there's Braden holtby and he's uh he signed at two million for this year he's 32 years he's only 32 years old i was surprised at that but he's played pretty good he's had a record of uh plays for dallas we might see him tomorrow night i don't know um but uh, he he's got uh, ten wins, ten losses, point nine one three save percentage. So he's actually been pretty good. Out of the three, I'd probably take him because he's won a Stanley Cup. 
Yeah, um, except I do also remember him in other playoffs p- past where he was not that great yeah. and reminded me a little bit of, you know, the the knocks that we had on Freddie not not, you know, keeping in that one last one that we need to. Yeah. So yeah. again, there's no um, guarantee. That's that's why I don't think yeah. I don't think we should really that Dubish should do that. I think he should be addressing the the blue line a lot. But what do we think? Who do you think uh like for D, who do you think that uh, we should well, be getting? Like the one person that I've heard, well, I'm obviously, like I'm, I'm wondering about you know somebody from Anaheim. So yeah. like we've heard you know talk about um, Josh uh, Manson, but um, also Hampus Lindholm. He I think is probably like the number one target that they would love to get. Um, yeah, you know he's he's basically he's got twenty two points, five goals, seventeen assists. And he's an even plus minus, you know, he's uh, around that 28 year old range. So it's, it's a good, um, yeah, he's uh, a little younger than age range for, you know, where our, our team is right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was, I was, I mean, out of the two, again, it is Anaheim. I was looking at two. I'd prefer Manson just because he brings a little bit more grit, I think. Although, uh, Lindholm, he uh, he does play on the PK too. Apparently, he does. He's really good that way. But mm-hmm. uh, he's a Manson is a right shot D, so I think he would pair better with uh, with Riley that way. Um, and, but in both cases, both of these guys have high salary caps, so there would have to be like a third team involved if something happened. Either and, that, or they they'd have to keep some yeah. salary. Yeah, and they're both UFAs, so again, it's going to be a rental probably because you don't. I don't think we could have the money to resign either one mm-hmm. of them. So, um, but those are the big names, I guess, that are coming up. One guy I through some research. One guy that I th- found that was interesting that is. Much younger, but uh, is on uh, Columbus. His name is Andrew Peak, mm-hmm. and he's 23 years old, right shot D. He signed for another year at 787000 um, which is right in the ballpark of what uh, Kyle Dubas and Brandon Prudham uh, sign. And basically, he he's physical. He has 140 hits and 122 block shots this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he could replace, in my opinion, he could replace Hall or Dermott. Um, yeah. but he, he's more of like a steady, just a stay at home defenseman. Yes, he doesn't have, he's only 23, so he's young. Um, but I don't know. I was kind of interested in that being that he's, um, uh, that type of stay at home defenseman that, mm-hmm. uh, I think bring him in, uh, not to say that he would go right on the number one pairing right away, but um, you could put, obviously, you'd put Brody back up um, and with Riley. And then when Muzzin comes back, I just thought, you know, he could, this young guy could be uh, like kind of go under Muzzin as a number four. And Do you uh, know, um, is he like a homegrown prospect for them? Like is he one of their draft picks, or did they pick him up? Uh, that like, uh, I don't somewhere else. That I don't because know. that makes a difference too as to how available somebody like that would be, given that they're so young, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one I didn't, uh, I didn't look up, but um, I don't know. I'll look it up now while we're going on here. But uh, but yeah, so he's a guy that I thought was interesting. And then in Chicago, there's been talk of this um, Calvin DeHaan. He's mm-hmm. a little bit older. Uh, he plays both left and right defense. Um, and uh, but 
again, his salary, he's 30 years old, and but his salary is $4.5 million, and he's also a UFA. So, um, again... Well, I mean, if they're UFAs, depending on what the prorated amount is for the rest of the season, it probably could be doable, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be looking to sign them after it would be like just clearly just a rental situation um but like you said i don't i think he would prefer to not go the rental route if he yeah. doesn't have to if he doesn't have to yeah so yeah um, but i mean they're going all in this year that's the right? thing right yes yeah they say they're going every all in every year from but... now like <laughs> for the next two or three they're going to have to go all in so yeah because they're wasting another year of uh of like of these really great players like Matthews, Marner and Nylander, which we haven't discussed much at all, but he's not impressed me either the last little while. Well, so he's definitely lost his, you Mojo. know, man on a mission. Yeah. Um he's <laughs> he's not looking quite like he was at the beginning. No, exactly. So. And I think this Andrew Peak is I think he is a homegrown. He was I think he was yeah. drafted by Columbus. He's been in the Columbus organization since uh like uh, 2019 20 was his first yeah. season with Columbus. So I I'd be surprised given that they're going to be kind of rebuilding if they would give up on a young kid like that. No. Um it depends, you know, know who's who's got an impact, right? Yeah. Yeah, well We'll see. But um but yeah, so those are the possibilities that, that we think of for the uh like for the uh trade deadline. It's gonna be fun. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, so we're recording this show, like I said earlier, on Monday and the Leafs got twenty three games left now. Um so the standings we're still in third in the Atlantic, only two points ahead of the Bruins. Um so yeah, we might be looking at a wild card spot. Never mind going after the uh going after the first spot with uh because we have no more games in hand. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, one thing that I that I had heard, yeah. which kind of I don't know if it fits in this in this uh conversation here right now, but uh, I heard Gord Stellick talking about this back to the goaltending again, that our goaltending is the worst it's ever been since 1982-83. Oh, wow. Maybe they should talk to Rick Vive then. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that's amazing to me is, and and we finished at the, basically at at the bottom of the standings or close to it. Yeah. Then. So that just tells you how much they're wasting our firepower. Yeah. You know, the fact that we are still at the top towards the top end of the league and was we're close to the top spot and held held the top spot for a while. You know, that is basically we are at the point where they're going to they're not able to outscore yeah. how bad the goaltending is now. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference between our team and the team in the 80s is that they couldn't score. They only had one person scoring, yes. which was Rick Vibe. Which was Rick Vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Practically. Yeah. You know, so that team wasn't talented enough to outscore that score these problems. Our yeah. team so far has. So anyways, hopefully in the upcoming schedule and with the trade deadline, they're going to start sorting things out. But they definitely have to do something because... Oh yeah, the, the players you, themselves are not going to yeah. be happy if yeah. they don't. Yeah, for me, I mean, so, if they don't do nothing, I, I don't know. <laughs> I look at it big picture. Like if Kyle Dubas doesn't do anything at the trade deadline, I'm like thinking to myself, is that one trade? If they were going to give up whatever they give up, 
let's say a bigger thing, if it be a, one of the prospects like Matthew Nyes or um, mm-hmm. Topi Nibala, which I've been told it's like a no-go for the Leafs. But uh, if it ever happens, like, I don't know, is that one going to bring us to the, is that one trade going to bring us to the Stanley Cup final? I don't think so personally. So that's why if no. they, if he doesn't do anything, I'll be a little bit upset, but not that upset. Because our goal um, for us, obviously, is to is to get to that uh, at least at least to the final four. And I don't I don't know that they'd have enough by making just one um, one let's say larger move. I, I I'm okay if he just does the uh, like a small smaller move on on defense if he can get it or or the fourth line bit but um yeah what's going on with the uh schedule next so yeah let's let's look at what's coming up and um i think the schedule is going to get a little tougher so we'll see if that if that is good or bad because we tend to play down to you know teams that are lower in the standing so facing some better competition maybe that's going to be good for us so um, it's definitely a tougher start with Dallas uh, coming in here tomorrow night and Carolina on Thursday. And then we go on the road uh, to Nashville on Saturday night. Uh, then there's a little bit of a break with the trade deadline on the 21st. And then we play a couple more teams that we should definitely beat, which is the New Jersey Devils and the Habs. Come on, let's just freaking finally beat the Habs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about a team that is basically turning things around. It's like, it seems like that team, all they have to do is have a revolving door of coaches, keep firing <laughs> a coach every year, and then they, they can turn it around. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, no, I mean, Dallas coming in on the Tuesday, um, it's like they're in a playoff, um, race basically to to get in and mm-hmm. so they're definitely going to be going all out uh to to win the game tomorrow night and um carolina of course freddie's going to be back again with a full house so uh i'm sure he'll be on his game he's uh right now he's number one in the league and for for goalies and save percentage so i guess he's not that bad leafs nation and um <laughs> but you know this but that goes back to what we were saying is that i just do wonder you know uh, if it's the the type of team in front of you, plus the coach, who yeah. knows? Yeah. And then Nashville again, they're in a race as well up in the playoffs race, so that's gonna that's gonna be a a tough game. And then I guess towards the end of March, we have uh, some some big games versus division games um, versus the people we are chasing, uh, the teams we're chasing, the Panthers and the Bruins. Uh, and then um, all the Bruins are chasing us. So that will be interesting. And uh, I'm still looking forward that Michael Bunting yesterday, the way he came. Yeah. The way he, he brought his fight Scarborough feistiness there at the end of the mm-hmm. game when uh, I think it was Dylan Cousins that took a shot at Matthews after afterwards. I'm, I'm glad that, Bunting went after him anyways afterwards. And yeah, um, he went after his guy. Yeah, you know, they're they're exactly. having a bit of a Show. bromance, those two. Yeah. I like <laughs> I like that standing up basically for yeah. even though Matthews can take care of himself. But um but yeah, I like that and I'd like to see more of it. It doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a penalty. As long as it's obviously not a headshot or anything like that, but uh but yeah, and then we have a game versus the Jets and that's the return of uh 
that game way back earlier in the season where when the Jets beat us in Winnipeg and Mark Shifley was going on in the dressing room about winning the Stanley Cup that night. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Winnipeg might not even make the playoffs. So I'm glad they enjoyed that moment. And um, yeah, and then before we and then we go on the road to Philly, basically. Um, And then we got some it's it's a little bit longer, actually, this uh, schedule before our next show. Uh, We got the Florida spring games going back to back April 4th versus Tampa and April 5th versus the Panthers. So we're really going to know a lot. Let's just say by the time we go to our next show, we're going to know a lot Mm -hmm. as to where this team uh, is uh, our Leafs, where they're going to be placed in the standings. And let's just hope that the trajectory is going in the other directions. So yeah, anyway, so they definitely could be a bit different when we do our next show. So what we what we might have one or two new additions in the lineup. Uh, we might we have will have a few uh, divisional games, and it's definitely going to make it more clear uh, with respect to the standings. Yeah, and another thing that could happen is that Austin Matthews could hit that 50-goal mark. Pretty sure it doesn't matter the two games, he's going to hit it, and uh, that's going to be some night. I hope. I don't. I was looking at the schedule. It's probably not going to be at home that he does it, but anyways, it's going to be some... I wonder, like, when Rick Vive scored the 50, I remember throwing my... I was eating an orange at the time. I actually still remember it, Leaf fans. I was eating an orange, and I threw the orange peels up in the air because I was only like... <laughs> I was only like, I was only like 13 years old. So um, yeah, so that's a story. Anyhow, and uh, so we got lots to look forward to still. Uh, We'll break it all down on our next show. And uh, one final reminder, just to be sure to leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. Um, it's very easy on Apple and Spotify. If I can figure it out, you can. And it's important to uh, for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us out is by visiting us at Kofi, uh, Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Everybody knows Chris loves her coffee. Yeah. Uh, any donation goes towards uh, helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. You can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Yeah, we thank thank all of our healthcare workers and first responders for everything they do. Every single show, it's getting better. The pandemic, things are getting back to normal. What we. <laughs> I guess if we remember what normal is, so, but we thank our healthcare workers and first responders for, for getting us to this point right now. Mm-hmm. So enjoy the trade deadline, everybody. Enjoy the games, and we'll be talking Leafs again in a few weeks. Go, go Leafs, go. go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.